Good evening to you all, HTC. I do hope that you are doing well. Now, on Sunday, I kicked off a new 10-week sermon series entitled Restricted But Advancing, and we're looking through the Bible book of Philippians, and we've chosen the book of Philippians because it's one of the letters that Paul wrote whilst he was in prison, whilst he was in a restrictive environment. And as I said on Sunday, whilst most prisoners, most prisoners, they are focused on advancing out of the restrictions, you know, getting out of the restrictive environment of a prison as fast as possible. Paul's not like that. Paul's not focused on advancing out of the restrictions. Paul is focused on advancing in the midst of the restrictions. And really that is very similar to us in this coronavirus season, to think through how can we advance how can we advance in the midst of the restrictions that we're in at the moment, such as being in lockdown? How can we advance the gospel? How can we advance in our faith just as Paul does? And really, that's the focus of our Wednesday evening discipleship times over the next 10 weeks. We're going to take different themes that come up in the letter of Philippians, and we are going to look at them each Wednesday evening. And so tonight, I want to start that by focusing on the theme of life and death. And particularly, actually, to focus on, on death. Death, something that we don't talk about much, but actually, right at the moment, we talk about a lot. Right at the moment, with the coronavirus epidemic, it is a huge thing that all of us are recognising is in existence, death. And as we think about death tonight, I hope it's not going to be a sort of a really depressing time at all, but actually it's going to be really encouraging for each one of us to think through, as Christians, what should be our attitude to death. Do you remember what Paul, he says in terms of advancing in his faith? This is what he says in Philippians chapter 1. He says this. He says, so that now as always, Christ will be magnified in my body, or Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, says Paul, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul says he wants Jesus magnified both through his life and through his death. And remember verse 21, it's so surprising. We might expect Paul to say to live is gain. You know, I've escaped death. I've escaped suffering. I've gained extra time on earth. And to die is Christ because then I go to heaven and be with Christ. But no, says Paul, it's the other way around. Paul says to live is Christ. To die is gain. Death is better by far, says Paul. It's gain. Now, we've all seen the stats for coronavirus, 175,000 deaths globally so far, 16,000 deaths in the UK, of which 4,000 deaths are, have been in London. But, you know, for HTC as a whole, actually, the coronavirus crisis has not led to any deaths so far in our church family. In fact, I don't know of anybody who's even had to go to hospital in our church family because of the coronavirus. There is one dearly loved person in our church family who has died in the last week, and that is Peter Harvey. But that wasn't due to the coronavirus. Uh, Peter had been in a care home for the last few years. So do please pray for dear Julia and for the Harvey family in their time grieving Peter's death. Now, I pray that no one at HDC dies through the coronavirus. Indeed, I pray, as I'm sure we all do, that we get a solution out of this whole situation as fast as possible. But the truth is that many people have died already and many more will die because of it. And whether we know people who are close to us who have died or not, I think it is vital that we all face up to having the right attitude to death. Because having the right attitude to death means we also have the right attitude to life. And vice versa, I would say if we have the wrong attitude to death, 
then we will also have the wrong attitude to life too. And that means that we won't be magnifying Jesus as much as we could. And so I want us to think more about death uh, through a bit where Paul talks in much more depth about death and what happens after death. And that is in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So here are three views on death that exist today. Three views on death. The first view is what I've called the Clapham Ian, the Clapham Ian view of death. Now, not every person in Clapham is a Clapham Ian, obviously, but it is a very, very common world view where we live. This view is when I die, I am no more. And we can see the proof of people having this view about the future in how people live in the present. You know, whether it's the sort of eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die kind of mentality. Or whether it's a bit more subtle, you know, the, the cram everything into life now mentality because the here and now is all we've got. And this lockdown, you know, it's such a pain because it's stopping me achieving all my goals for life. Can't I just get out and keep achieving? Now, the when I die, I am no more view. It is the most common view that exists in Clap. But this view, it does not reckon with what we celebrated 10 days ago. It doesn't reckon with Easter. Because if one man, if he conquered death and he says he can get us through death too, and if we trust in what he says, then you stop believing straight away that when I die, I rot and I'm no more. Now, I'm guessing that many of us, most of us, are not Clapamian in our view. And if you are, if you're watching this, and if this is your view, thank you so much for watching this. And I want to encourage you, can you think about this more through coming along on our online alpha course starting next Tuesday? So I don't think many of us will have the Clapamian view, but I think lots and lots of us will have our second possible view of death and eternity. And that is we are Corinthian in our view. You see, the members of the Corinthian church that Paul was writing to, they were Christians, all right, of course they were. They believed in Jesus. They believed Jesus died for their sins. They believed that Jesus rose from the dead three days later. The Holy Spirit, he lived in them. They were full of all sorts of spiritual gifts. They were Christians. But they thought that we just discard our bodies in the future when we die. That our bodies, that they're just temporary, maybe even evil. Certainly our bodies are just unimportant. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. It says this. Paul says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? When I die, my body is no more. That was their belief. That they, they don't believe that they will be raised physically, bodily from the dead, like Jesus was raised physically, bodily from the dead on that first Easter morning. They just think that their sort of souls will live on. Now, may I be so bold as to ask each one of you this evening a question? And the question's very simple. Why are you a Christian? In your view, what are the benefits? What are the, what are the blessings? What are the reasons for you being a Christian? Just have a think about your answer. Why are you a Christian? I wonder what you thought. Maybe being a Christian gives me a purpose in life. Uh, maybe, maybe it's so nice to know that God loves me, that he's my perfect heavenly father. Maybe you said, oh, I love experiencing a spiritual peace. I love experiencing God's presence in my life right now. Maybe you said, God helps me. He, he helps direct my life in the right way. Now, all of those things, they're, they're good things. But if it is just those blessings you think of, then I would say there's a problem. And there's a problem because you are Corinthian in your view. 
And you're Corinthian in your view because you just think that the benefits to you of being a Christian, they're all about this life. They're just in this life. Rather than thinking, actually, what are the benefits? What are the blessings in eternity? You know, the benefits of, uh, of certain hope of bodily resurrection. The, the benefits, the blessing of being free from all condemnation for your sin. The benefit, the blessing of being free to be with Jesus face to face in the new creation for all eternity. Do you remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15? He says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we are of all people most to be pitied. He says, if all the blessings, if all the hope, if all the joys, if all the blessings, they're just this life, then we're actually to be pitied more than all people. If we see that Christianity is just a sort of a this life spiritual lifestyle accessory, if we think of Christianity as a spiritual pick me up for now, but we're not thinking about eternity, then our lives in the present, they will be marked by a couple of things. And this was the situation for these Christians in Corinth. Their lives were marked by a couple of things because their view was, when I die, my body is no more. And because they had that view, when I die, my body is no more, they were marked by two things. First one, they were marked by a misuse of the body. And we may be marked by that too, a misuse of our body. That misuse of the body, it could be through sexual immorality or alcohol or greed or any other number of things. You know, we won't be too fussed with using our bodies now in a God-honouring way because we think that our bodies are just temporary. They'll be discarded once we die. And then the second way, the second sort of thing that we might be marked by if we've got this Corinthian view of death and eternity, it'll not just be misuse of our body, but it'll also be spiritual despair. And by that I mean we're going to get pulled down spiritually. We'll get too pulled down spiritually. We'll get too completely disillusioned with God when things are tough in the here and now. Because we can't understand why God, who we see as just our spiritual comfort blanket, our our pick-me-up-in-life right now, why God isn't providing us with what we want right now in the here and now. Now you see, both of those things... Misuse of the body, spiritual despair, both of those things happen in the Corinthian church and they happen as a result of their wrong view of eternity and just concentrating on the here and now. And I think, I fear that we are more Corinthian than we realise because what we think about life after death has a huge impact on how we live life before death. But you know, then there's a third category. It's not Clapamian, when I die, I am no more. It's not Corinthian, when I die, my body is no more. But the third view is Christian. It's Christian. Look at verse 20. Paul writes, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first fruits of the harvest, they are the first pickings of the harvest, which give the farmer encouragement because the fact of the first fruits means that the full harvest, it will come in the future. And Paul says Jesus' resurrection is like that. He says that the resurrection of Jesus at that first Easter, it happened truly, it happened really, it happened physically, it happened bodily. Without it, there is no faith, there's no forgiveness, there's no future. It is the linchpin of Christianity. But, says Paul, Jesus' resurrection, it wasn't just some sort of startling one-off event in history. No, he says, what God did for Jesus at one point in the middle of history, God is going to do for all people at the end of time when Jesus returns. In other words, Jesus, he rose from the dead in a new resurrection body. 
And we too, everyone who's trusting in Christ, we will rise to new life with Christ in the new creation, also with resurrection bodies. It's wonderful. The Christian view is this. The Christian view is when I die, I will have a new resurrection body in a new creation. I love C.S. Lewis writing about the resurrection. He says these amazing words. He says, Christ has forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. Jesus has met, fought and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. This is the beginning of the new creation. A new chapter in cosmic history has opened. And this correct view of eternity, that in Christ we will have a new resurrection body. This view, it has two key applications for you and me, for all Christians in the here and now. And the first application is this. The first is assurance. A deep assurance that we won't die in the future. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we won't stop breathing in the future. We will all die unless Jesus returns before we die. And of course, the process of dying may be difficult, may be painful, may involve lots of suffering. You know, these circumstances that we are in right at the moment, they make death all the tougher. They make death all the tougher because, you know, often people aren't able to be able to be with their loved ones as they die. We can't have proper funerals at the moment. So this situation that we're in at the moment, it makes the, the, the process of dying all the harder. And bereavement hurts. You know, we rightly shed tears. You know, I'm going to be meeting tomorrow night on Zoom with Julia Harvey and her children and her grandchildren as we remember Peter, as we grieve his loss, as we thank God for him, as we thank God for where he has gone to be with Jesus face to face because of his trust in Jesus. But we will grieve. There will be tears, and rightly so, to grieve the loss of someone, to grieve the, you know, the separation. But we can also grieve with hope. We can grieve with hope as Christians because Jesus Christ, he has defeated death. Let me just read a few more verses in 1 Corinthians 15. They are amazing verses, so encouraging. This is what Paul says. He says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. He means we will not all die, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I think you'll agree that those verses bring such assurance. They bring such assurance to you, to me, to Julia Harvey, to each one of us that we won't die in the future in the sense of becoming no more, not existing. Rather, if we're in Christ, we will be changed 
to be like Jesus when we die, when we stop breathing, will be changed to be those who are in resurrection bodies in a new creation. So that's the first application. I hope it's really encouraging for you, as it is for me, that assurance of the future. But then the second application, sort of the second thing as a result of having a correct view of eternity, the second application is sacrifice, that we should die in the present. Look at the last verse of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. It says this. It says, therefore, says Paul, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. You see, Paul's saying there that because of the future, because we have a new resurrection body as part of a new restored, redeemed creation, Paul says that that future means that it has an impact for us now. He says now, right now, because of the future, Right now, we work hard for the Lord now. He says our labour's not in vain. At one point, earlier in chapter 15, he says, I die every day. He's saying, right now, I make sacrifices for Jesus. I, I, as it were, I die every day because of that hope of future bodily resurrection. You see, if there is no future to look forward to, then we have no motivation to live any differently from those around us. But if we know that one day we will be raised with Christ, we'll be raised with Jesus rather than being separated from him for eternity without hope. If we know one day we'll be raised with Christ, then we are spurred on to live sacrificially for Jesus in the present, right now. You know, Jesus doesn't promise us an easy life. Of course, he says that as we walk through life, as we walk through life with its highs, but also with its lows, he will walk with us. He'll walk with us by his spirit. Jesus says he will answer our prayers and sometimes he'll answer those prayers in miraculous ways. But this life, it still can be tough. And with a Corinthian mindset, with a Corinthian mindset, there's a danger of us just focusing on maximising our spiritual experiences in the here and now. But with a Christian mindset, with a Christian mindset, rather, we will focus more on sacrificial, loving, holy living now. We'll focus now on advancing the gospel and advancing in our faith as we keep our eyes fixed on that amazing future, glorious eternity. A future with Jesus for all eternity. A future of a new resurrection body in a new perfect creation. Paul summarises it so well in Philippians. He says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you that you have conquered death, that you're risen and alive, and that that guarantees for us the hope we have of the future. A hope that when we die, we will be given resurrection bodies. Thank you for that wonderful future with you, Lord Jesus, face to face in the new creation. And I pray tonight 
that that would encourage each one of us in the present, that it would bring us such assurance of the future, and also that it would help us in being motivated to live for you, to live lives of loving sacrifice, being prepared to live for you as we look to advance the gospel and advance in our faith. And tonight we particularly pray for Julia and for others known to us who are grieving the loss of loved ones at the moment. And we pray, Lord God, you the God of all comfort, that you would bring your comfort to those who are in distress. And we thank you for those in Christ. We can know that we need not grieve without hope, but that we do have hope in you, Lord Jesus, the risen Lord, the risen Lord who has conquered death. And we praise you for that. Amen.